You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. This is our mid-season grades episode. I know that there's uh, eight games that have been played, but it's bi-week time, so we're going to do that. But first, we need to talk about the Minnesota game, where the Huskers fell 30-23 to in an absolute kick to the nuts. Uh, so, Cousins, I hope you brought the juice this week, because the team apparently did not bring the juice, as Scott Frost kept saying. Uh, so, Tyler, uh, what were your overall thoughts? Oh, I mean, it, it it was insanely disappointing. I mean, this was, you said it really well, it was a kick in the nuts. I mean, it seemed like Nebraska, win or lose, every game had been playing better. And then all of a sudden this game, it just kind of all fell back to reality. And and I do just got to hit on, the, the interesting thing about this is, maybe rightfully so, Nebraska fans are acting like the world just ended, the season just ended. And we just lost on the road to a team who at best is going to win the Big Ten West. And at worst is a 6-7 win team in the Big Ten. And we lost by one score. And we're acting like this was the worst showing Nebraska's ever had. Um, yeah, a, a little bit of buildup of all these close losses is probably uh, it's probably building right now. Right, well, let's, let's be a little fair when we talk about this being a one-score game. Because... It shouldn't have been a one-score game. It didn't feel like a one-score game. It didn't, and we like with two minutes left, we were down two touchdowns. We we just drove down, had finally had a good drive in a two-minute situation. Unfortunately, we needed two drives in a two-minute situation. And and Minnesota kind of let us kind of drive the field on that. I mean, look, I, I and I don't know. Maybe the team's ready for the bye week. I don't know. I, I'm sure they're wore out. Eight games in a row is tough for any team. But I, I'm just tired of the excuses at this point. We're, we're coming up with excuses every week. Well, and well go ahead, Tyler. I, I want to hit on this because I've heard this a lot. Like, it did feel like a one-score game. and, and no, it, felt like we got our, it felt like we got our asses kicked in this game. But, but if, when we talk if, about this game, though— but Derek, there was multiple chances Nebraska had to take the lead and t- or tie it up. I mean, it wasn't like the let's let's go and recap this. It was a five point game, and we got the safety with four minutes left, and then we gave up a long run. Like and and mind you, the five points game leading up to that, we had three drives in their territory, including two in the red zone that stalled out. So. Yes, the first half was an ass kicking. We came out flat to your excuses front, but I actually have a take on that too. But like, uh, let let's be fair. Like when you win a turnover battle by plus two, it shouldn't even been that close of a game. Like you should have been destroying these guys. It just felt like, and, and it seems like Scott Frost, or, or I don't even know if it's Scott Frost. It's just Nebraska at this point because it seems to happen every damn year. And it's been happening for a lot of years. Where it's just one game where we just don't show up. We just don't. We didn't, it didn't feel like we were playing that hard. It didn't look like we were. Just we just weren't there. And but, that's but, what makes it so aggravating. Is like, come on, at some point this has got to stop. Because this team that showed up at Minnesota is not the same team that same team that played against Michigan last week. 
And maybe maybe that's part of it. Maybe they were a little beat up after playing Michigan so so tough last week. I don't know. But the thing is, is this is not the same team. If we played as good as we did against Michigan, this isn't even a close game. Like, we destroy these guys. We had no answer for their 6-7 lineman setups. No, no answer whatsoever defensively. Offensively, we, we struggled to move the ball. Our offensive line looked like garbage again. Even Cam Taylor Britt, after the game, he stated that the team, you know, they woke up and they weren't ready. Uh, it took took him to halftime. You know, the leaders had to get on to the team, say, wake up, wake up, for and, them and to while, get their shit together. Pro- and while that's probably on the coaches some, I, you're at a college level at this point, man. You you shouldn't need a coach to give you a pep talk every, for every game. Like, get your ass out of bed and get ready for the game. Come on. So the Eyes on Big podcast had a really they, – they brought this up, that Cam Taylor Britt said that. And and when, when they brought this up, I – I've realized that every loss that any team has, has can fall into four cliche buckets. One, we didn't come out with the intensity we needed. Two, we failed to execute. Three, we made too many mistakes. And then fourth one's not really something they say, but we got out coached. Like th- there's four buckets, and and I wasn't a great example. I think everyone would acknowledge that Kurt Ferris is a great coach. Like he he's a guy that does all the details right. Iowa came out flat against Purdue, against a team against Purdue, just like Nebraska should have known, oh, wait, there's a good chance we could lose this game because Purdue beats Iowa, and that's what Purdue does. Like, like it just happens. It happens. Alabama beats A&M 9 out of 10 times. Like, teams come out flat for whatever reason. I, I understand that, and I won't disagree with that, but here's my problem with what you're saying. There's two teams on Nebraska's schedule every year that we play this way, generally speaking, every year. And it's Northwestern and Minnesota. Now, Northwestern we took care of this year. I thought, okay, that, that was great. So maybe we aren't going to have these kind of games. But it seems like every time we play Northwestern or Minnesota, it's like the team comes in with the same attitude the fans do, that we're just going to destroy these guys because we're better than them. I, and, I think and that they, and it's like, it's like they didn't they didn't practice hard. They didn't do they didn't do anything hard. Like they just come in there with the attitude that they're going to win the game, and there wasn't much need for effort. Hey, I, I I'm not going to debate the the way we started off the game. It was bad, um, probably a lot of causes. But I I think that the one of my big takeaways was you had a team coming off of a bye. And we had played more games in a row than any team in college football with eight leading into this game. I, I, I it, it, you could call it an excuse. The, the, the problem with this Minnesota game, and as I hit this in the beginning, us losing to Minnesota on the road in the manner in which we lost is a whole separate thing. The problem is, is it's just a culmination of what is now four years. You know, if this game happens in a bubble, in a vacuum, I don't think we're freaking out. But the fact is, we lost to Michigan, we lost to Michigan State, and we lost to Oklahoma, and we lost to Illinois. Like, and last year's Minnesota game, and the year before Minnesota, it's just a kamikaze of everything we've seen. And that's why this one hurts so bad. It's not that we lost a one-score game against Minnesota. So eight games in a row. Let's not make it sound like that's unusual. You know, Wisconsin will end the season with 10 straight games, right? Ten straight games. They'll finish we'll see what Wisconsin's doing at the end of the season. Well, I'm they just haven't saying. done that yet. And then, you know, well, they Nebraska. They looked overly impressive with a bye week. Yeah. 
but Nebraska, they did that to themselves with their scheduling. They're the ones that yeah. move the games around. I, I, that's fair. I, I'm not saying and, like they don't deserve. I mean, I'm not and, saying they didn't do it to themselves. I'm just saying the players didn't do it. I mean, they're the bodies out there that look flat as hell. And here, here's my thing about this game. And this, this is my biggest concern. This was my concern going into this game after losing that Michigan game was the thought of has Scott Frost kind of lost the team? Like, they, they they admit they didn't come in pumped up. They admit they didn't come in overly hyped. Uh, is it so? Is this going to be the trend for the rest of the season, or was it just they needed a bye week? And we're going to find out here in the next two or three weeks. Because and and here's the thing: like Scott Frost, he's he's coaching for his job, and I don't know if it comes down to wins and losses. But I, what I will tell you is that if it comes down to where you're just getting destroyed by Ohio State and Iowa. And you lose, and you lose to Purdue, and and and, and Wisconsin destroys you. Like you, there's no way you're bringing this guy back at this point because he he will have clearly lost the team. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, Derek. I will say that the the evidence though that Scott Frost lost the team wasn't evident in the second half because this this I mean could very much be the tale of two halves. I mean, we if if it wasn't so depressing to talk about us having another losing season upon us. Can, Which is can we just easily... make that? Can we just make that Scott Frost fighting name, Scott the Tale of Two Halves Frost? Well, last year it was the first half. Last year we'd come out the first quarter yeah, and we been, played but, really but, well. But, it's been the, but the thing is, it's been the same thing. It's the same mo for the last four years. We play one good half, and then the other half we just shit the bed. But it, it's flipped. It's flipped. I mean, last year does that make the, it the, better? No, it doesn't. But we used to talk about man, we can't. We can every first drive of the game we go down. I think the stat is we had the most points in the first drives. We, we every first drive we went down and scored, and then it seemed like oh, second quarter came around, we start dying. Second half we made no adjustments. I, this, and it's totally and it's totally changed the narrative of Scott Frost. It used to be Scott Frost couldn't make adjustments for the second half. No, yeah, now and, he can make adjustments. Now, and, now he can't. Now he can make adjustments, but doesn't appear, Yeah, it doesn't appear he can make a game plan. So <laughs> either way, it doesn't bode well for Scott Frost. And, and I'm I'm a big Scott Frost supporter, and I. We'll say that I, I think he needs to be here for at least next year again when the schedule gets a little bit easier. But it, it's getting harder and harder to argue that you got to keep him around. All right. We talked about this last week about P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan owning Nebraska. Can we just say that P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan own Nebraska at this point? Tyler, you're not going to agree with that? It, but But we talked about this a little bit already. Like, this was, I mean, it was a good game by Minnesota. I don't want to take anything away from Minnesota. But outside of maybe Illinois, this is the worst Nebraska's looked all, all year. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and credit to Minnesota. And I, don't, I, I mean, don't understand it because I don't, I don't think it was like Minnesota just did so much great to beat Nebraska. It was just like, it just looked like Nebraska was lacking. Well, I will say this was easily the best game Tanner Morgan has played in two seasons. Last two, I mean, he has not played this well since 2019. Uh, he looked the he looked like an all conference quarterback on Saturday. And to the PJ Fleck owning Scott Frost, I would say again, he had a game plan. Um, I don't remember who said this, and it could have been eyes on big podcasts. It could have been another podcast, but they they were talking about how PJ Fleck defended Adrian Martinez, and this was the worst Adrian Martinez has played all season, and. You could talk about his passing, 
And that certainly wasn't what we've seen him past most of the season. But his running, like Justin, you had him called the best running quarterback in college football. Like he looked like me out there running. He well, was I, so. I sent you guys that picture that was in front of uh, Muchacho's restaurant where he had took that picture of the fan and he had his ankle taped. And I, I wonder how much of it was. And 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 the, whoever talked about this, and I apologize for not giving proper credit, but they said. They wonder if P.J. Fleck realized that he just didn't look quick. He just did not look dynamic running, and it changed because Minnesota didn't spy Adrian Martinez. Like, all these teams had been spying Adrian Martinez, and he'd been just making them look stupid. They didn't do that. They, the they, coaching they, staff, if they knew that Adrian Martinez was kind of, I'll say hobbled for the purpose of this, uh, I mean, the, the very first play of – the very first play of the first two drives were quarterback runs. They're options. Yeah. They were options, which is a quarterback running. run. Yeah. So that's what they're calling. And they if he has a well. bad ankle, why are you doing that? Why are you Why are you putting him in that scenario? Because well, I think it's for, the same for, reason, because I don't think we can attack the middle of the field. I mean, I think that Nebraska's had success by running to the outside a lot this year. I mean, I don't think we've had a lot of success running up the gut. I, I don't know. I don't know why you'd put your quarterback that's already hurt, put him in a situation where he's going to get hit. That that doesn't make sense to me. Maybe it does to you. Two, two things I'm going to say to this. Like I, you guys are talking a lot about the offense, and I really don't blame the offense a ton for this loss. What I do blame is the defense partly for not getting off the field. They had the ball for 38 minutes, guys. That's that's crazy. It's it's ridiculous. And special teams. Good God, like. I, I seen the interview with Connor Culp, and I had nothing but heartache for that kid because he was in tears trying to or fighting back tears talking, and the guy cares. He feels terrible, but it, it's time to move on. Like find somebody else. Yeah, it is. I agree. It's he needs. It's it's getting ridiculous. Like it's in his head now. It's, it's a head game. It's when you when but you he make made a fifty yard field goal. Yes, but you missed a 26-yard field goal. And a PAT. I don't, I don't understand that, though. I don't understand how you drain. You know, you would think, I agree with you. It's in his head. Time to move on. Everything you guys say, I'm on board with. But then he but he starts the game by draining a 50-yard field goal. Like, I, I don't understand what happens. Like, does he just lose focus? Because obviously he has confidence. Or does he just say, it's 50 yards. I might as well just close my eyes and kick the ball and see what happens. Like... I, my, my heart I, breaks for the kid. It really does. Like, yeah. I, I do feel bad for him. But at, at some point, as a coaching staff, you just got to go. And maybe you're not done with him forever. But it's time to go. We need somebody else for now. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bye week. So who needs the bye week more? Is it the players or coaches or fans? <laughs> Derek? I'm going to yeah. lean towards it. I'm going to lean towards the fans because, God damn, it's been heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. Yeah. Well, Dave uh, Fight um, had a really good article for SI, and he talked about uh, how he is tired of every game being the biggest game of the season. And I, I it, hate that. I hate that narrative, too. Like, it's, it's a because dumb narrative. Been, I mean, every game is a must win. I mean, we talked about it last week. Is Minnesota a must win? Is it the big? I mean, every game has turned into this, like, Kamikaze on the season, biggest game of the season, must win game, well, all this narrative. But I but, will say, I will say this, Tyler. 
for every game that Scott Frost loses, every next game becomes more of a must win. I, that's fair. I'm, fair point. It's just, it's exhausting. I'm sure it's exhausting for the team. Like, it's exhausting for the fans. It's exhausting for the coaches. Well, God damn it. If they would just win a game, then it I wouldn't know. be a topic. <laughs> I know. Because it's let's just, not, it's a, let, hey, let, let's face it. In two weeks, Purdue is a must win game again. It is. Yeah. I mean, and then Ohio State will be. And then, well, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to say a must win for Ohio State. No, but I think I think you have to keep it competitive. And I think Ohio I'm State. Saying, I'm not saying I'm not saying it has to be a one score game, but you better go into the fourth quarter with a shot in that game. I, but but yeah, I mean it, it is. I think to answer that question, it's all of the above, Justin. It is, but I mean Scott Frost needs to find a way to at least win two of these next four. Just needs to find a ways uh, to deserve a chance to come back. One and four, going four and eight this year. I mean, that's not. I don't know how you say. Okay, let's let's bring this guy back with one. You four can't even blame it. You can't even blame it on a brutal schedule anymore at this point. Like it was a brutal schedule. But when you drop turds, yeah, you drop turds to Illinois and Minnesota. It does not. Matter. Not only that. Not only that, but you've had a chance to win every game and you couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, the one-score stat's almost uh, laughable at this point. And you guys brought up, was this even as close to a one-score game? I think that's a debatable. I think it was. You guys don't. I'm not going to say you're crazy. But the the you know the, there was a metric we talked about before this. One of the websites, Justin, do you have the website name handy? Teamrankings.com? Team Rankings. There is a metric that they call the the luck rankings. And I... And I, I couldn't find what it was for college football, but I found what, how they calculated it for the NFL, so I'm assuming it's similar. Nebraska is dead last in the country in the, by luck. Based off all the stats and how they accumulate like games, if you look at you know the turnovers and sacks and everything they do to calculate it, yards, everything, Nebraska, we just, we're dead last. Now, what I will say, I don't think it's just necessarily bad luck. I think there's something systemic wrong with the team, but it is just kind of telling that it just seems like every break that could go our way just hasn't this year. Can we talk about the safety real quick by your cap for your captain quarterback? I, I mean, mean, it was no, no awareness. I mean, that, that was a, I, I mean, for him not being mobile all game, for him to dance back there in that situation was just unacceptable. Yeah, that's th- those are plays right there. That's just like, Adrian, what are you doing? You know, I mean, there's already a narrative out there of, you know, Adrian kind of collapses, you know, when it comes to crunch time. And that was one of those moments where it's like, oh, you know, well, well, I, well, I will agree with that and what you're saying. Bryce Benhart needed to block better too. Like, well, he yeah. shouldn't have fell, he shouldn't have fell back in the end zone, and he shouldn't have tried to throw it away inside the pocket. Still, like that's still on Adrian. But like, you got to give that guy a little time. Come on, but they, th- that offensive line hasn't been giving him time all year. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like seems like it's out of the ordinary that they didn't do it on that one single play. No, I know because by I, Nebraska's I know, but... luck, by the luck ranking. That shit happens to Nebraska. Well, but, but to your point, Derek, yes, Ben Hart should have done, but that's where quarterback awareness is, where he, he shouldn't have been dancing. He should have been running outside the pocket. Like, he needed to get outside. And again, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but it would just be nice at some point. And Justin, you say that that's what's been going on all year, and you're right. 
But that's the problem is it's been going on all year. Yeah. Well, with the exception of maybe two games. So I think, I think this is I think this one is a perfect time call. to Oh, I'm sorry. I think there's one other play we got to talk about. So with the chance to pull the lead, fourth and one at the goal line, we don't run a quarterback sneak. Yeah. Now that play has been scrutinized quite a bit over Husker Nation. And, I, and here's what I'm going to say about it. Our offensive line can't move a goddamn defensive line for nothing. What makes you think that in that one particular situation, they're going to all of a sudden push Minnesota back a yard to get a touchdown? Like, I, I had no problem with that play call. And I, had, I, I actually love the fact that you brought Yan in to run the play. I didn't like the fact that Yant seemed to trip over his untied shoe or whatever. Because that's the only thing I stopped him from going in for that touchdown. He tripped over his own two damn feet. Wasn't he only in because Ramir Johnson had got hurt? Yeah, he had a concussion. Yeah. I believe I believe is what he had. Does, was it the I, same? I don't know that it was ever same series, yeah. Same yes. series, yeah. Uh, uh I, I really honestly didn't have a problem with the play call because you give that you give that ball to, to Yant. I think nine times out of ten he's getting in. Yeah, but I, the one time the one time he doesn't is because he trips over his own two feet. It wasn't like somebody hit him in the backfield. It wasn't like hiking the hiking the ball five yards back was what detrimented him. It was the fact that he tripped over his own two feet. Tom, if Adrian Martinez had been under center and get, and handed the ball off to him, it would have been the same scenario. So a lot of the complaints is you know we didn't go under center and sneak it in, but have we even ran? One single play from under center this year. I I had saw someone say I mean, we have averaged two plays a game under center, and I don't believe that stat. That's that's a bullshit stat because I'm pretty sure if Adrian Martinez put his hands in uh, Cam Jurgens' ass crack, he would turn around and smack him because he's never had it done before. <laughs> yeah, I I I mean we don't even in victory formation. I, don't, I go can't under I can't recall. No, I can't recall. One play a game, yet alone two. Yeah, so it's fine to I be may- critical. About I can maybe recall. Center, I but- can maybe recall three plays in Scott Frost era that we've been under center. Yeah, I mean it's fine to be critical about that, but when it's something that we just don't do, and I'm sure they don't do it in practice. Maybe, yeah, maybe they should. Obviously, they should. But well, it just, but it just I think it doesn't it- make a lot of sense to me in that situation. That. And like I think the, the play a... call was fine. I got everyone wants to bitch about the play call, but the play call was fine. It was just what are the odds that your bowling ball running back falls over his own two feet? Yeah, I mean it, that was a complete execution thing, and I think there was a really good example on Monday Night Football. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, with Buffalo Bills with the chance to win the game, fourth and one, they yeah. went for a quarterback sneak. Yeah, didn't got, get it. Didn't get it. Yeah, and, and Josh and Allen's here, here, feet kind of I mean, kind of slipped. I mean, all it takes is like something like that, and and then and also you had the element that hey, Adrian may have been injured a little bit. Like, are you really gonna put him in a position? I mean, I know they had just ran him, but like, I you had that a little bit. Like, if you had an ankle injury a little bit, maybe he doesn't get the push that he needs to. I, I, I think that again, that's a that is a hindsight play call. I think if Yant gets in, like Derek's point is nine out of ten times, no one questions that a play call. I think I think Yant like is starting to take the whole bowling ball thing a little too seriously because he tried to roll over people, <laughs> legitimately <laughs> roll over them. 
All right, guys, uh, we got to move on to our midseason grades here. Uh, we'll have more losses to uh, recap in the future here, so let's not waste all of our loss material. All right, uh, so midseason grades, we're going to grade them, you know, A through F, just like uh, they were in school. We're going to go position group by position group, and we're going to do some uh, offensive coaching and defensive coaching and overall grade for the team. So let's start with the offense. Let's uh, start with quarterbacks here. Tyler, what is your midseason grade? Uh, I'm going to give quarterbacks a B. Um, I think Adrian Martinez has had a really good year. Um, I was kind of thinking about Adrian Martinez a little bit, and I had this analogy, and I call it a Colin Coward-esque analogy. So what Adrian Martinez to me this season has been, he's been that person who has decided to invite a bunch of people over for Thanksgiving. And he's gone out and he's done the grocery shopping. And he goes out and cooks a pretty good dinner for everyone. And he goes and does dishes. But you know what he forgets to do at the end of all this? Is clean up after himself in the kitchen. Leaves all the food and forgets to take out the trash. And everything stinks the next day. And and Because he does everything right except that last little bit. And that's the clutch time. The guy just can't get through the clutch. That's what's keeping him from being an A. Um... You know, if you look at the stats this season, um, I mean, he he's had a hell of a season. I mean, you know, we, we can hit this, I'm sure Derek will, but I mean, he, he leads the team in rushing right now with 433 yards. He's completing 64% of his passes. He's been able to pass the ball downfield very successfully this season. 10 touchdowns to three interceptions. I mean, he he's playing a very, very good season. He just, what's keeping him away from the A category is clutch yeah Derek uh, well I tend to agree with you a little bit there I, I'm gonna move him up a little bit just I'm, I'm gonna put him and give him an a minus just because he is our offense like without him we're, we're nothing I mean the guy's 13th in the big 10 and rushing first in touchdowns for rushing touchdowns he's third in passing yards per game he's sixth in completion percentage First in passing yards, second in pass yards per attempt, fifth in touchdown passing touchdowns, and middle of the pack in interceptions. Like the guy's done everything he needs to do except for finish the games. Uh, but our offensive line hasn't helped him with that. Our offensive line, in fact, hasn't helped him throughout the whole damn season, and yet he's still continuing to go out there and make up these stats without an offensive line in front of him. So I, I'll give him an A minus. I, I think uh, if he if he if he was clutch, he'd have an A plus easily. Yeah, I have him as a B plus, and what keeps me uh, what keeps him out of that A category for me is you know you can't throw an interception in overtime, you can't fumble in crunch time, you can't have a uh, intentional grounding in the end zone. Your A quarterbacks don't make those types of mistakes over and over and over. And it's it's a trend. It it has been a trend for a while. Yes, he makes so many great plays. He's a B plus because our offense would not be anything without him. All these close losses that we've had against these good teams, we wouldn't have those without Adrian Martinez. He is our he is the reason why we get down uh to you know to close to the end zone. We 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 just don't capitalize, but uh, you know, but, but how there's much a lot of throws him? that he needs to make How much make of that's better. on him? 
Because, the, I, I mean, I, I, the, the clutch situations I'll agree with you on. But as far as getting down to the red zone, and, and then I, I don't know how much of that's on him and how much of that's on play calling because we run the ball entirely too much in that red zone. And we're going to grade that as well. Uh, but, no, I mean, but, no, Adrian Martinez and Logan Smothers. I, I got Logan Smothers grouped in there because I thought he's, from the little bit of action that he's seen, I thought he's done fine. So I have B+. Well, and, and talk about him touchdowns. I mean, he also leads the Big Ten in rushing touchdowns this year. Oh, like, okay. you know, it, it's funny you say that because uh, 10 rushing touchdowns and 10 passing touchdowns. I, I don't know what week it was. Maybe it was after the third game I texted you guys and I asked you, Will Adrian Martinez have more touchdowns rushing or passing? <laughs> and we're still waiting. Who knows what that's going to look like? But ten to ten—that's pretty. That's pretty insane. It's pretty, it's pretty really phenomenal, good. really. I mean, I mean, he's, especially, he's, especially especially when you're looking at eight games and you've scored twenty touchdowns. It's looking pretty decent. Yeah, he's tracking towards thirty touchdowns this season. I mean, yeah, he's our he is our offense. All right. Uh, Running backs, Tyler. So, so running backs is an interesting position group. So, I I might grade this a little bit higher than you guys are going to. I'm going to go C plus, and, and the reason why I grade it the highest, I think there's two things that are, I guess, in its favor. One, offensive line. Our offensive line has not been good running the ball all year long. I think that that has not helped their running backs have success. Um, B, I also count expectations in a little bit this was a position group i was really really worried about heading into the year but as the season comes on we've started to see a little bit of success and this is largely by ramir johnson here's a guy who wasn't number one in depth chart he wasn't number two in the depth chart but he has really found some rhythm and he has really started to look good in games good in pass protection do a lot of things well um, the overall production of that group is kind of holding it back for being any higher i can't give it a complete pass but I think from the expectations, what support they've had around it, and Ramir Johnson as of late, I think they got him a solid C plus. All right, Derek. Ah, man, I around C plus, B minus, where I was thinking, I'll, I'll go B minus just to be a little more optimistic than you, I guess. Uh, but I'm in the same boat. Like Ramir Johnson's the guy, and it, it's unfortunate he got hurt last games. I think that really killed things for us a little bit. Uh, but the, the thing is, it's like. Sevian Morrison comes in and looks okay. I I, I, th- I think they've been. If we had an offensive line that was blocking better, I think any of these running backs would look a lot better than what they have. But Ramirez Johnson's only started what the last four games, I think, and he's sixteenth in the Big Ten in rushing yards and eighth in touchdowns. Like for only starting four games, that's. Not bad being statistic. Statistically speaking, he's only I think uh, fifty or sixty yards behind Adrian Martinez. He's played in all eight though. Yeah, but I mean, he was fifth string in against Illinois, so I think he had maybe a couple runs. Like, wasn't like he was playing a lot. He didn't play a lot in anything until he kind of started. And I, I just, I'm impressed with what Ramirez Johnson has finally done. Yeah, I have the running backs at a B minus also. You know, it's that darn running back carousel that we see there. You know, that kind of uh, drives me nuts a little bit. Uh, you know, you've seen Step with 100 yards. Yeah, with 100 t- yards. Tyler's pissed because we both grade him higher than he did. 
I thought for sure I was going to be the optimistic one in that position group. I mean, look, I mean, B minus and C plus, I mean, they're very, very similar. I mean, they're slightly <laughs> above average. That, that's all that means is slightly yeah. above average. Agreed. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of room for them to grow, but, you know, they got four games to do. I'll, I'll say this about it. They're showing their talent, at least. Like, the talent, the talent looks promising there. Uh, all right, uh, tight end. Uh, Derek, we'll, we'll go to you for this one. For uh, I'm going to go A. I, I, Austin Allen is playing lights out. He's uh, 15th in receptions, 13th in yards, 16th in average, and 17th in touchdowns in the Big Ten. Like The guy is playing what we, we we're finally seeing out of a tight end, what we expect, what we'd hope to see out of a tight end. They're they're throwing to him. He's making plays, and he's clutch. Like I, I, this, this, that's what bothers me. I think about Adrian Martinez is like Austin Allen's clutch, and you're not getting him the ball in big time situations. Well, he Adrian Martinez does, but you know sometimes he throws overthrows that six foot nine <laughs> tight end. Wow. Uh, Tyler, well, that's not that's not usually in clutch situations. That's just a normal throw. But yeah, T- Tyler, what's your grade? Well, I, I think that's a little unfair. I think he's done a really good job at hitting uh, Austin Allen. I think I, I had started to look this stat up and I forgot, but Austin Allen's completion rate for his targets is insane. Like, very rarely is incomplete when you throw it. In. I'm going to go A minus. Um, I think this position group's been stellar all season. Um, I, a little bit from an A. Um, I think it took a little bit in this season to kind of get the off the Titans fully involved, but over the last few games, they've been kind of running. Um, you hit Austin Allen, everything you said I can't add on, but you forget Travis Volklek is a guy who missed the first three games of the season. Oh, Hasn't been forget. a huge producer, but he um, has looked really good blocking. Chris Hickman's come in in some games, which I didn't think we'd see him at all this year. He's produced 90 yards. And Chancellor Burlington has come in and been a really good blocker too. I think if our offensive line blocked like our tight end room, we'd be in a really lot better position. So... Um, you know, uh, Camp Jurgens is a four tight end. I think that I, I, whatever Sean Becton's doing to help the tight ends learn to block, maybe he can go over and help the offensive line a little bit because they, they look really good when they have to block someone. So, yeah, A, a minus, um, just a little bit of slow start to keep him from an A for me. Yeah, I, I have an A. I'm not going to knock him. You know, if, if the, the coaches weren't calling those plays for the tight end, I'm not going to knock the tight ends. The tight end performance has been solid. Austin Allen is second on the team in receiving uh, yards and in receptions. Uh, 343 yards and 24 uh, receptions. And what's he got? Two touchdowns here. So that Minnesota game was definitely a breakout game for him. But, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with the tight ends. And we knew headed into the year what Sean Becton was bringing into that tight end group was going to be a strength of the team. And they have not disappointed. So let's talk about some disappointments here. Let's go to the wide receivers. Uh, Tyler. I'm going to go B minus. Um, I think it starts with Samori Tori. I mean, he has very much been a lot of what we expected. Um, I think some criticism might come that he's fallen by the wayside in some bigger games. Um, but I think overall production, you can't deny 520 yards on the season. I think you look at guys like Omar Manning, Xavier Betts, 
Levi Falk, all three guys I think are having pretty good years. Um, I mean, we're tracking to have the most guys uh, receive over 300 yards um, that we've had since 2000 and, damn it, 2010. Um, we're looking at possibly having five guys at the end of the season with over 300 yards receiving. Uh, we're spreading the ball around. All these guys are looking really good. Um, and while we're not necessarily seeing maybe wide receiver play consistent in big games, um, I think you can't deny the fact that they have come through. I mean, 500 yards, you can't just brush that off. Are you counting Austin Allen in those uh, numbers there? For number of receivers, yes. Okay. For the five, yes. But yeah, um, but still, four guys. I mean, I mean, you looking at four guys with over 300 yards at the end of the season, that's going to... Who are those four that you're counting? I Well, I, right now I'm saying uh, Samori Torrey, uh, um, Omer Manning, Xavier Betts, and I haven't quite decided if it'll be Oliver Martin or Levi Falk. Both of them are around that 150-yard range. I do think one of them will probably finish in that 300-yard category. Okay. Derek? Ah, man. You know, honestly, I'm going to go B. I, I don't think I, – I think the receivers are taking too much uh, flack here because I'm impressed with what Samori Torrey does. And what, the thing is, with Samori Torrey – the, the big games that he's not having, it's, it's just opening up other receivers. And, and we're hitting them. I mean, Levi Falk's having big games. Oliver Martin had a big game against Illinois. I know he hasn't had a great game since, really. But uh, Omar Manning's had some – I mean, that guy really I, – I, we need to start throwing to him more because he catches the ball when you throw it to him. And, and he's a beast to bring down. Xavier Betts the same way. Uh, shit, we, are, we, we already have – uh, six guys, six or seven guys with over a hundred yards receiving, which is way more than we had last year. I think the depth of this position is the reason I graded as high as I do. Is the fact that, uh, like last year was such a shit show with receivers, and we we had one receiver that we could throw to, and now all of a sudden you're seeing where you could throw it to five, six guys, five or six different guys, and that makes a huge difference. Uh, I, I think the I think the outside blocking with the with the receivers is better than what it has been in the past. Uh, I, I think the receivers have done a relatively pretty good job. Uh, I gave them a C plus. I'm not overly impressed by the receivers. I thought they're not living up to the hype that we had preseason. Samori Toure, yeah, he looked great against uh, the wins that we had against Fordham, Buffalo, and Northwestern, where he had over a hundred yards. But in the five losses, he's only had 142 yards amongst those five losses. He's he's nowhere to be found when it comes to the big games. Uh, the other receivers, Omar Manning was another one that everybody was uh, all hyped up about. I mean, he comes and goes. He has flashes. But none of these receivers are really standing out. Even Xavier Betts, the guy that I think is probably our best receiver, for some reason the coaching staff, they don't believe in him enough to play him for, to give him most of the snaps for the game. So there's something wrong there. All in all, yeah, there's a lot of guys that are getting catches because none of these receivers are separating themselves. It's kind of like the running back room. Have no idea who they're going to play. They're just going to chunk out guys. In that Minnesota game, who was it? Uh, uh, Brody Belt, Levi Falk, and Omar Manning started that game. Would you have guessed that was going to be the combination that would start that game? They're just they're chunking people out there because we have a lot of serviceable weapons. They're slightly above average at best. Uh, 
so I so, give Justin, can I ask you on that? Because one of the, your big keys before the season was a downfield passing attack, yeah. which I think it's evident that we have this year. So with it being as successful as it's been all year, is that all on Adrian Martinez? Is that is that what you're saying? Because obviously these wide receivers have been putting up the big chunk plays that we didn't well, see. Well, Samari Toure, he was he was the re- he was responsible for getting that. But as it turns out, he's getting those against outmatched competition. I mean, is he doing that in the big games? He's not doing that against the big games. But we're so I mean, most of the time we're still putting up big chunk plays in big games and to Derek's point, like Tory, I think has helped opening up a lot of things around the field. Like I think a lot of the tight end misdirection plays, the the Ramir Johnson passes, like a lot of those are opened up because of the wide receiver threat, which is, I think, a, a, an improvement what we saw last year. It's an improvement over last year, but I, I mean, it's we're, I don't not think we were all impressive. that. I mean, we we weren't that far aligned. I mean, I had him in a B minus. You had him as a C plus. I mean, it's not like. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't have an all conference. We don't have an all conference receiver on the team. I don't think we have an all conference player on offense. Well, Adrian Martinez might be. Austin Allen. Austin Allen. Austin Allen's definitely one. He could be. He's in that category. He's the one. And Bryce then maybe Benhart. someone. I'll t- I'll tell you where it's not. Yeah, let's get to the next place. There actually, there might be an all conference type guy in this next position group. Yes, there is. Uh, let's go offensive line, uh, Derek. Uh, I I got rated at a D. Like it's been terrible. Run blocking's terrible. Pass blocking's terrible. Our tackles are non-existent. Uh, we we had a, what appeared to be a good thing going with. Uh, Corcoran at right tackle, and uh, I'm forgetting his name, damn it. Teddy uh, Prohaska. There you go, at left tackle. But since since he's been out, we're back to Ben Hart at right tackle and Corcoran at left tackle. Corcoran's just not good at left tackle, and Ben Hart, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I like the kid. He's, he's an athletic kid. I don't know if it's time to think about moving him to a different position or if maybe he's just not good enough to play. At this level, but he he's not it, and I hate saying that about any kid. But uh, the the only good offensive lineman we've had that look consistent at this point has been uh, Cam Jurgens, yep. and he wasn't even a damn lineman coming in here. So I I th- this is probably my most disappointing group of, of the of the whole team right now. Tanner. I'm going to go D plus um, go a little bit higher than you, Derek. I think there's a Cam Jurgens is a big part of that. I mean, this would have been a solid D minus without him. He kind of bumps it up a little bit. Um, not only is he playing actually really good football and I think is making an argument to be on some all conference list, maybe not first team, definitely not first team, but, but I could see him being an honorable mention, getting some love in the end of the season. Um, his snaps have been really under control all year, which has been a bugaboo. He's really had one bad snap all season, and that was the first game. Um, which, which which is great. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but that's great. But that's your job. Like, okay, okay, you started doing your job. That's great. Well, okay, yes, but he is also blocking really, really well. The problem is he's the only one blocking half the time. Um, he's also the only one getting personal personal penal, personal foul penalties. 
different argument. A lot of those calls, I think, are bullshit, but I Maybe, guess. but he's had, but, like, what, four, four 15-yard penalties hey, on him at this le- point? At least he's not false starting. Um, like the rest He's of the center, he better not. <laughs> um, but the but, fall starts a little easier to overcome than a fall than a personal foul. Fair enough. Uh, but but Derek, you talked about the tackles. I don't know if I need to hit that. Um, guards, though. the guards have been bad. I mean, we started the year with Ethan Piper, uh, and then put Citroen in. Um, I, I I don't know if we've gotten any better at guard with taking Ethan Piper out. Um. It, it, it's it's been bad. I mean, this offensive line group has. I mean, last year they were average, average to good. Um, they probably were a B minus last year, C plus last year, and this year they're just they're not. They've taken a no position group on this team, with the exception of one, which we'll hit on later, has taken this biggest step back. This is the only position group I think has taken a step back this season. Yeah, is I offensive have- line. I have a D as well. Uh, they were a D minus through probably the uh, first four or five games, five games, I guess it was, until they made the changes when Teddy Prohaska. So they moved up to a D. They aren't giving up as many sacks as what they were early on. Uh, they're not having as many penalties. They're, they're still having their fair share, but they've cleaned it up somewhat, I guess. So well, and, uh, and that's part of it too. Like we are f- – Last place in, in by a large margin, and sacks given up on the in the Big Ten. Yeah, we've given up twenty six sacks, and well, I understand we've played an extra game than everybody else. Whatever, I mean, it's not like it's two or three sacks extra. We're talking like twelve sacks more than whatever. What than what number than the second to last team Iowa has given up. Well, and let's be clear about this: that number would be probably twice as high if we had. Any other quarterback in the Big Ten? Absolutely. If we had Petrus back there, it might be forty. <laughs> I mean, I, it, I, it, you, you or laugh. Or Grant Mertz, or you, Brandon Peters, or pick, pick a quarterback in the Big Ten. Like it would be I, a disaster. Yeah. Um, Kevin Th- uh, Thorne. I mean, like I mean, there, there's, there's so. I mean, name the guy, and there they would be. Even guys that are semi-mobile like C.J. Stroud, I think he would still get sacked more than Adrian. Adrian makes a lot of guys miss. He has great pocket awareness. We kind of skipped over that. But, yeah, the offensive line, like, I don't know what he needs to do. He needs to go sponsor them at that burger place more or something because they, they just do not want to protect him. Huh. All right, let's get to offensive coaching. Uh, Tyler. I'm going to go B-. minus. Um I, I actually like a lot of the play calling this year. I think we've done a really good job. I think the way that we've started attacking with the option game, I think um, a lot of our offense that we've been able to generate because our offensive line hasn't been there has been by really creative play calling. I think he's done, we've done a great job there. Um, obviously, the offensive line struggles, which probably takes it down a little bit, but um, I, I think that we've called really good games. We've kind of got away from the Adrian Martinez having to run the ball 15 times a game to generate offense. A lot of his carries have come off of scrambles. I I think we've called balanced games. We've thrown the ball downfield. I I think that for the most part, the play calling is there. I think some of the, the the reason why it's not ranking higher, the stats are there with one of the top offenses in the big 10. The reason why it's not there is for two reasons. One late game situational football um, and two uh, rotations. We've talked about this at length. It just seems like the players, the coaches, don't know who to play, and that negates a lot of the 
the them from being maybe a B or B plus. So B minus for you. Okay. Yeah. Derek. I, I think off between offensive line and red zone offense, the fact that you don't throw the ball ever in, in, in the red zone offense is the only thing keeping you from an A grade. But those two things are so terrible that I'm going to drop you down to like a C plus here because of those two things. I think outside of that, I think this offense looks really, really good. But it's really damning when five of your 11 players aren't doing their job. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's just the offensive line looks like garbage. It's, just, it's, it's, it's inexcusable. Uh, and I, I do love the play calling until they get in the red zone. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, uh, what would Frank Solich do? Option left, option right. <laughs> Like it just—it's just getting. They're predictable once they get to the red zone. They, nobody knows what the hell these guys are going to do, and it's so unpredictable between the twenties. But you get you get them inside that twenty, and they just quit. It's just like, oh, well, let's let's go back to power football here and try and run it down their throat. I I want to see one time in the, on the eight yard line, six yard line, them run like a fake quarterback draw. Have Adrian take two steps forward, yeah. one two, and just have him do a little little pitch over the top to do a Tebow uh, jump pass. Yeah, like do, because you know a they're pick gonna... six would ruin that. A pick six would ruin that. Well, the, the, and 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 that that's the reason, right? Because every year we we had this debate via text message, and Justin, you don't remember this, but Derek and I are old enough to remember when the bitching was. He throws it to oh, just run the ball in the red zone, run the ball in the red zone, and it's flipped. Now, now we don't pass ever in the red zone. I mean, again, it's all about execution, but well, it's all about scoring. It's all about scoring. If you're not scoring, do the opposite of what you're doing. Here, here's the thing: the bitching was legitimate both times. Like, show, show a little balance inside the red zone. Yeah, you know, don't run it every time. Don't pass it every time. Do a little of both. You can do both. Well, especially with Adrian playing the way he has. Yeah, Again, absolutely. Especially when, I mean, like, there have been times in his career he has not looked as consistent and confident. Like, I think you, with the receivers you have, the taller guys, the tight ends, I think there's a lot of pieces that make you where you can pass the ball. And your offensive line's not good. There's a lot of reasons why maybe passing a little bit more in the red zone makes sense. And you don't have a kicker anymore. I, I will also I will also <laughs> add this. Like I, I talked about misdirection a lot when we came to Oklahoma. Uh, I, I, I talked about where, where's the misdirection, and all of a sudden we started running this misdirection option, where they both the, the the quarterback and running back both looked like they were going one way. They turned around went the other way, and it was a, and it was in a beautiful uh, uh, twist on the option. I loved it, but now every time we run the option, it's the same thing. Every time we run the option, it's it's that misdirection option. And now it's not working near as much because teams are preparing for it so much more now. All right, to bring it back to uh, the midseason grades, offensive coaching, Tyler, you have B-, minus. Derek, you have C+. Plus. I score them at a D. And uh, the D is because there's a reason, you know, if there's going to be staff changes where all of those coaches are going to come from. It's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Um you know, people have not been happy with Mario Verduzco since he's been here. 
Greg Austin, his name gets thrown out there because of the poor offensive line play. Ryan Held, uh, because of his, you know, uh, he was not able to identify a running back to carry the load and the shuffling of personnel there at running back. And, you know, same thing with uh, offensive line. Uh, the play calling, you guys are scoring the play calling a little bit higher than what I would. I guess you're right, Tyler. It is kind of the situational stuff where, you know, it it just sucks. You know, uh, we're not scoring enough points when we need to, and that's why we are three and five, and one and four in the Big Ten. We are last in the West, dead last, and it's nothing that the defense has done this year. Defense has held up their part of the bargain. It's the offense. The offense is why we are three and five. And uh, so they, they they get a D from me. All right, let's flip it over to defense, uh, defensive line, Derek. Uh, well, hold on, I want to read. I want to rebuttal what you said there about the defense hasn't done anything here, because it seems to me like the defense has done really good throughout most of these games, but they're about as little a clutch as Adrian Martinez. When we need a big stop, they seem to give up the biggest drives. At times. I mean, yeah, I mean. Like, you, you could argue every one of these games that we've lost, or not, maybe not every game, but you could argue that a lot of these games that we've lost have been come down to, man, if, if the defense you could, just could have come up with one more stop, we wouldn't have needed that one more drive. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess you're tipping your hand on when, how you grade the defense here. I mean, it's not that it's bad. I don't, okay, we'll get, we'll get on. So defensive line, uh, I'll, I'll give them a B plus. Like, I, I think Damian Daniels uh, is is a phenomenal kid. I, he has proven his worth. Uh, ben Stilley is looking like a, a six year guy. Uh, Ty Robinson continues to come around a little bit more. Still needs to come around a little bit more, which is probably. One of the things probably keeping them from getting an A grade, uh, but o- overall, I think that, I mean they've done well, and there's a lot of depth there, which which helps a lot. Tyler, I'm gonna go B. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of things Derek hit are true. Um, ben Stilley's had a nice season. I'm gonna call it a guy, uh, DeAndre Thomas. Uh, DeAndre Thomas is a guy that I think was mostly an afterthought when he was awarded a black shirt before the season. Um, I think a lot of people were a little bit shocked. Um, I, I think the, the thing that's keeping that group from really being a little bit higher to me is what we have gotten bullied a little bit on some of the offensive lines. I think it was a little bit of parenting. It's Minnesota, uh, Minnesota kind of beat us up a little bit up front. We, we saw it against Michigan. Um, I think, I mean, I tip my hand linebacker. I think our linebacker play has been really, really solid this season. And um, I, I think that the the reason why we're not doing a little bit better is because of up front. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Damian Daniels is a good player. I, again, expectations may be hurting because I thought he'd be a little bit better than he has been. And he's really good. He's played really well. But I thought he'd, even that would be a little bit better. Um Ben Silly's been Ben Silly. Ty Robinson's have been okay. Um, no pass rush from this the front three. Um, it, it means we've had two sacks from that group. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
uh, I'm sorry, only one sack from that group. Nope, two and a half. Yep, I was right. Um, Deontre Thomas and Ty Robinson. Um, but yeah, um, nice solid B. Do you guys not consider Garrett Nelson a defensive lineman this year? No. No, I have him as an outside linebacker still. So. I mean, even though that he lines up, you know, puts uh I don't think we're running a 5 to the ground. I don't know? think we're running a 5-2. But he's lining up. Uh, they run it with 4-3 with him. That, that, that's not an uncommon thing for a, or diff, for an all-linebacker to have his hand in the ground in a, in a 3-4. He just does it quiet. He does it. He's uh, uh, hand in the ground more often than he's standing up. It, but it's not uncommon. Like, right. So, so you're saying I need to change my grade because I was counting him kind of in my defensive line standings there because he is that dude. He makes some plays. Uh, he's leading the team in tackles for loss right there. Uh, leading the team in sacks. Uh, I'm giving him credit for that uh, at. I'm, I'm counting him as a defensive lineman when I when I see him make those plays, but I, I know that he's classified as a linebacker. But I mean, he's, I guess you, you're right. If you look at the depth chart, we run a five-two. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I, I gave him credit. I, anyway, I, I gave uh, defensive line a B. Uh, they they're pretty. They make some big time plays when they need to. Uh, there's sometimes where they don't make plays that keeps them from an A. Uh, we are susceptible to the run. You know, we can get run on at times, but it doesn't make sense because sometimes we can shut down that run and we shut down the run for most of the year. Uh, but every now and then somebody, they, they get to us. Uh, all right. Linebackers. D- Tyler. Yeah, I'm going to go a, um, you know, th- this group hasn't been perfect. This group hasn't been perfect by far. Um, but when you look at what Luke Reimers and Nick Henrik have done this season, um, I mean, they're, they're both um, a- among the best tacklers in the Big Ten. I mean, if you look at the, um, you know, you you look at some of the, the, the stats for defensive, and I don't have them in front of me right now, of course, but um, I'm sure Derek does, but they're, they're among the leaders in tackles. I think second and fourth is what I had it. Um, Derek's looking at me like he's stat correcting me, but they played really well, but then you look at the outside linebackers. I think Caleb Tanner's emerged really well. Garrett Nelson, who Justin has a defensive lineman or defensive end. Um, I think I class him as a linebacker, has, as you said, led the teams for tackles for loss and sacks. Um I, I've been very impressed with this group, Derek. Uh, I, I I wanted to give him an A plus. I just don't think with our record there's any spot you can give an A plus to. So I'm gonna stick with the A. Uh, but this is probably the shining group. Linebackers is a shining group on this team to me. Uh, Tyler, you talked about Luke Reimer's second in tackles. Nick Henrik is fourth in tackles in the Big Ten. Uh, and all all these stats I'm talking about are in the Big Ten, not. Not nationwide. I I didn't look at the nationwide because right now I'm more concerned about in the Big Ten right now. But uh, Joe, Jojo Doman's ninth, and then Garrett Nelson's twenty fourth in, in tackles. Uh, Garrett Nelson's second in tackles for loss in the conference. Uh, he's the only only person on our team outside of Phil Darius Payne having a good game that can get a sack. So I Garrett Nelson's been just a, a bright spot and. I think uh, Caleb Tanner might be the most improved player on our team. Like that guy has been an absolute 
uh, honor to watch. Like he just, it amazes me the the the, the step forward that he finally took. He's, He's been a bit quiet last linebacker. couple of games, though. Yeah, but oh, oh, the year overall, he's finally the linebacker we expected to see out of him. He's exceeded your expectations, right, Justin? Yeah, he oh, has. I, he has. I mean, I so so yeah, I think linebackers are probably one of the best position groups we have right now. Yeah, I have them at a B plus. I think they're our best uh, unit on defense also. Sometimes their coverage uh, isn't as great as what we what it should be at times. I don't, and so that's the I, reason I would, that I would, keeps them I would from almost an argue that it might be. A, I would almost argue that that might be a little bit of defensive scheme more than their coverage. Whatever we run it some is. pretty soft. We run some pretty soft zones when they're out there, and I don't. I don't love it. Yeah. All right, defensive backs, Tyler. I'm going to go B minus in this position group. Um, so I'm a little bit maybe lower than some people might think. Um, there's, there's really, I guess, let me start with the positives. Deontay Williams has had a hell of a season. Um, he, he has really become a bright spot of this team. Um, you know, I know Justin has been critical of him, but I've been very impressed with him playing this year. I would, I would say him and Dismuke have both learned how to tackle. That has been, that was criticism of them last year is they, led too much for the big hits, and I think they've both become very sound tacklers. Um, they've definitely helped us limit the big plays. Um, again, a couple games, they, I'm not saying they've been perfect in some of their schemes and reading, but they overall been playing well. The reason why I kind of downgrade this unit is for two reasons. One, Cam Taylor-Britt. Cam Taylor-Britt the last two weeks has played really, really well. But one of my keys to the season was he needed to play like an All-American. And I think I probably maybe built him up a little bit higher. Um, he hasn't been that. He's been good, not great most of the season. Um, last couple games kind of uh, withstanding. Um, and then two, I think some of the depth. You know, I, I kind of expected to see a Tyreek Johnson. I haven't seen him. Miles oh, yeah, Farmer, right. yeah, My, Miles Farmer has been a guy that we thought when he got in would be a little bit more of a factor. And with the exception of Minnesota, where he actually did end up playing a fairly good game. So when he's gotten in the game, he seemed like a liability. Um, I, I, I think overall, like some of that little bit of depth there has just been that last thing that kind of bumps him from maybe a B plus B a little bit down. Uh, Which to me is an absurd thing to look at because uh, Travis Fisher has straight up told you from the get-go, that he probably wasn't going to play a lot of guys. He wasn't going to rotate a lot of people because he wanted his captains out on the field. He wanted those the defensive leaders on the field. So, I mean, he kind of told you from the get-go he wasn't going to rotate a lot of people. So I don't know where you thought you were going to see a lot of depth there. Okay, well, uh, let, me, let me add this in there. The last two games kind of also negates it because – you made Cade McNamara look like he was actually a fairly good quarterback throwing the ball, and you made Tanner Morgan have his best game in two seasons. So, yeah, I, I mean, again, good unit. I'm not trying to downgrade it. I think they're as good. I mean, they're – but I think when you look at this defense, from what the expectations were, I mean, we're fifth in the Big Ten and get passing yards given up. I mean, we're not – we're definitely not elite there. We've given up a couple I, oh, big plays. I, I'm not saying we're elite. And I, and, I, and I will say this. I don't think it would be absolutely smart for Cam Taylor-Britt to try and go pro after this year because I don't think he's shown 
the talent that I know he has to go pro. I think another good season at Nebraska would do him well. Now, it's his decision. He does what he does. But uh, Deontay Williams has been a pleasant surprise. Like, I, I've always kind of liked him. I know Justin didn't like him for a while. But you guys realize he is leading the Big Ten, tied, but leading the Big Ten in interceptions this year with four? Yeah. He has four interceptions this year. Like, the guy's playing phenomenal. He's tackling well. Tyler, you talked about it. He uh, he always led with his head, and he always got these targeting calls. And and if he didn't get targeting calls, he just missed the tackle missed because, tackle, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was bad for him. I and mean, he's he's another guy that I think has improved a lot. Uh, his coverage has been a little suspect at a, a few times. I know some of our biggest pass plays have come against his coverage. <laughs> uh, yeah. He gets sucked in. He gets sucked in every now and again. He does. He does. Uh, Quentin Newsom, man, I, I tell you, he's no DiCaprio Boodle, and I know that's tough for me to say, but but the guy's playing good. Like, he's not great, but he's playing good. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt is who he is. Markel Dispuke is who, is who he is. I, I, I'm getting what I'm expecting out of those two, I think, for the most part. And I think Deontay Williams has improved quite a bit, and Quentin Newsom's doing okay. I, I will say this, though. At some point in that game, that Minnesota game, I thought they needed to pull Quentin Newsom and put Braxton Clark or anybody else in. I don't, I don't care who they put in because he was getting burned bad in that game. So what's your grade? I don't know. I don't, I, uh, I'll put him at a B. Like, it hasn't been terrible. We're, we're, we're six in the Big Ten and pass defense, and a lot of it is that is the is their coverage. So I – and you, and you have Deontay Williams out there leading the Big Ten with uh, interceptions, but well, but but we but we also talked about him getting burned. Quentin Newsom's looking like a young cornerback, so I, I yeah, B B's about as high as I could go. With one him. of the things that we didn't talk about in the Minnesota game, now that we're talking about Deontay Williams, is that he did go down, uh, and so with uh, some sort of knee injury. And yes, I have been critical of him in the past, but he's stepped up his game this year. And this is a guy that I don't think uh, our secondary can afford to be without, uh, especially headed into Purdue, where David Bell just torched uh, Iowa last week. And uh, now, now to be to be fair, last year Cam Taylor Britt was all over David Bell all I'm game long. I'm so excited for that matchup. I, I I want they have two weeks to plan on that. Cam Taylor Britt, you talk about pro. There's your pro film. You go lock yeah. up David Bell this year. That's all you need to do. He did a great job of it last year. He really did. But I want Deontay Williams to be back for that game and for the rest. I do of too. Him. For the rest, yeah, of I him. do too. And it doesn't sound like it was a serious knee injury. So well, all we know him, he didn't. All we know week. he didn't tear anything. All we know he didn't tear anything because he might be out for three weeks. But yeah, yeah. sorry, so Justin. My, so I bounced between a B minus and a B here. Uh, there, there's a stat that's uh, going out there that uh, we've given up. Our opponents have uh, passed for 64 percent against us. That's not great, guys. But you know we're uh, 51st in the nation in passing yards. So. I did settle on a B here, uh, but Cam Taylor Britt, he's the one that really makes the grade that high. Without him, I, I know he started out slow, but 
uh, last couple of games, he's really turned it up. But uh, they are uh, a little well, bit of a disappointment. I thought that they uh, this group would be well, a hell of a lot better headed into the year than what they are now. Uh, they're not bad. They're not bad by no means. But they're good. They're not. Yeah. It's not. They're not bad. They're they're a very. They're a they're they're a solid B. You know. They're yeah. they're not anything higher. And I and I really thought they would be. But that's okay. Expectations might be part of the reason why I'm at a B minus. Yeah. It might be because of ex- it, it, a lot of expectations play into that. Yeah, I mean, speaking I, I, of I, expectations. Oh, we have one more before we get there. Yes, uh, defensive coaching. Uh, Tyler. I'm going to go a minus. Um, what's keeping them from an A is this: is that I think that you can't be where you are record-wise and get an A if you're a coach. But I think when you look at the development of, of players on this team, when you look at the fact that right now with everything going on, Lincoln, that my fear is that these coaches are not going to be on this squad not because they uh not because uh they're going to get fired it's because they're going to get taken for better jobs and with insecurity in Lincoln they might leave I I I think they've done a really nice job and I I I really point to the Michigan State game Guys I like Michigan State this year I really do like Michigan State this year I I know they did not have their best game um Saturday against Indiana but if you look at what uh, teams coming off of a bye week went 3-1 and one in the Big Ten last week. And Michigan State's the only team that won. And Indiana gave them all hell to try to do that. What Nebraska did against Michigan State was damn impressive. I know they've cracked the last couple weeks, but I don't put that on coaching. I just call that wear and tear. I think the coaches have developed players. They've schemed appropriately. They've got the team up in place. Um, Eric Schnander, if, if we had a better record, would be argument for top assistant in the country uh, he might if we had a better record he might be getting pulled for a head coaching job right now um this is how high i think what he's done with his team i yeah solid a minus Derek. oh man I, I i'm gonna disagree with you here i i'm gonna go maybe a b minus here uh i i think the development's been pretty good and i think they've done a a, a good job but we're seventh in scoring defense in the Big Ten. We're eleventh in rush defense. We're sixth in pass defense and eighth in total defense. Like we're middle of the road in in, in the Big Ten again. Uh, I I think Shenander does some really good job. Does a really good job of play calling at times. But I also think he has a very big uh, tendency when it comes to the bigger teams to play really loosely. And and soft coverage against big teams like Minnesota, like there's a reason that Tanner Morgan had a heyday against us. It's because we played soft coverage all day. There, half the time he was throwing the ball, there wasn't a guy within two yards of of his receiver because we were playing soft coverage. Like quit playing all this zone shit. Get some man defense going and shut these def- shut these defenders down. You have some of the better defensive backs in the country, or at least in the Big Ten, to to, to cover them. But you're not utilizing them. I, I think he he does decent with with, uh, with with dialing up some blitzes at times, but then when it all of a sudden it's third down when it matters, he wants to go back into soft cover instead of dialing up a blitz. Instead of getting co- co- pressure on a quarterback, we're sitting here giving up eight yards instead of 
maybe pressure on a quarterback. We're we're tenth in the in the Big Ten in sacks. Uh, we are first for tackles for loss, but I don't know how much of that has to do with playing the extra game. Uh, I again, I think they're doing good, but it's it's not great. Derek, I just want to sit this. You talked about rush defense. You know what's going to help a rush defense in two weeks when we play Purdue. That that you know what's going to help our overall defensive rankings the last two games of the season when we get Wisconsin Iowa. You hope. like I I I I really believe this defense is going like to finish high again. There there is a real fear that this the coaches are starting to lose this team and that's that's a legit concern. But assuming they have it, there is a lot of confidence I have that this defense is going to end up the Big Ten as a top five defense. Top five in DN Big Ten, I'm guessing you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, not obviously okay. not nationwide. I, I got I defensive mean, coaching at a, a B. You know, we, we just need to find uh, more creative ways to get turnovers and cause sacks. The defense is fine. They're keeping us in games, like I said earlier. They just they just need but, the, to go that extra, give that extra effort. To, but uh, but again, there, but again, I know we fine. talked. I, I talked about this. Like they're fine. Yes, they do good. They do good. They probably do do enough to win games. But the clutch moments, when it comes down to we need a we need a good stop here, they struggle on those moments. There's times that you know you can get our offense the ball back with two minutes left, and we can't get them off the field because they get a first down or two, and all of a sudden we don't get the ball back for with with 57 seconds left. So they're getting the ball back with two minutes left. That's fair. All right, let's move on to special teams. Uh, Derek. F-F-F-F-E. Like, I'll, I'll give them the E for effort, but this is, this, this is atrocious. We can't, we can't come up with any kind of return game. Our, our kicker is obsolete. Our punter's done better, but overall, he, I mean, he's had an 84-yard punt, but he's had a 7-yard punt. You know, we've had two we've had two punters. The other punter has been completely I mean just off the charts bad. And we finally benched him and just left it with one punter. Uh we talked about returns or I talk, I just talked about returns. We we don't return a ball on on kickoffs or punts. We just go, "Oh, fair catch it." Or let it go into the end zone, whatever. And we're not even that great at deciding when to fair catch it on punts. Like how many times have we got caught a fair catch inside the ten yard line when you probably should have let it go into the end zone? Oh yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's absurd that we could be this bad on on special teams. It, it's a dumpster fire. Uh, Tyler, I'm gonna go D minus. Uh, it could have been an F, but I, I do think Punny's turned a corner. Um, I do think Oliver Martin coming back has made some better decisions in the punt return game. He returned think, one last game. Yeah, he and, did, I, and, he I, did. and I think that him being injured definitely negates it. And here's the stat of the day for you guys. Connor Culp is fourth in the country in 50-plus field goals made this year. But where is he inside? No, 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 inside no, 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 no. Let's stay with the positive, Derek. How many has he made? Three? Two. Two? Two is but, fifth but, in the country? Fourth. Yeah, because he's only probably attempted. 
Well, no, I mean, I don't think 50-yard field goals are really a normal thing in college football. They're, the number one is Gabe Bur- uh, Brick from Oklahoma, who has made four. Louisiana oh, yeah. State ha- kicker has three. And then uh, Illinois kicker has three. And then there's four guys that have four uh, 50-yard field goals. I mean, it, it's been bad. It could have easily been an F. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, it's... But but you look at what we've done in the kickoff game. We've done a lot better job of touchbacks. We've limited some plays there. Give them a little bit of credit there. I, again, I it's been bad. F is probably accurate. I think Justin. I know where you're going on this, but I I want to give oh, a little bit. I, of, I got D minus, man. D minus. Oh, D minus. Yeah, I don't like oh. giving Fs. Fs. I, I mean, I this do. is this I, is a new age, guys. This is 2021. We don't fail anybody anymore. You make it easier. Give, if I could give them a zero. I would give him a zero at this point. That's because you're Kyler, a hard ass, man. You're talking. I'm old school. I'm old school, baby. Like the, the, they didn't the, even they didn't even turn their homework in, and they did. And they skipped the test. Like the, get the hell the, out of here. The the reason they probably deserve an F is the Michigan State game. I mean the the, the I mean that that in the se- Illinois game and in Minnesota. Hell, I mean there's a the lot Minnesota of Minnesota game, like, but, but the Michigan State they've game. cost us. They've they've cost us at least three of our five losses. So let's Ooh. not. Okay, so I, at risk of putting it on just one player, if Connor Culp was better, what would you give the special teams? If he was Connor Culp last year? Yeah. He, a C. A D? It'd still be a D, even if uh, yeah. we're making field goals and making extra ball. points? We cannot return a ball. Okay. I mean, yeah. Like it's absurd. You can't change field field uh, field position if you can't return a ball. If the only thing you're going to do is fair catch it, then what the hell are you even doing back there? Okay. You just well put all eleven guys on the line on a punt and try and block it every single time, rather than even put a guy back there. Okay, all right, that, okay. that's fine. I I just kind of think that the field goal kicking with the six missed field goals and three extra points missed. Really weighs into it, especially the way and, and giving up a punt return for a touchdown. It does, yeah. Okay, and bad and, and bad kickoff returns in the same game. All right, overall grade for team is what, Tyler? So this is where it's interesting because I thought about this question because if you listen to my scores, you would think, okay, it's going to be a maybe maybe a low B, maybe maybe that. It's a D plus. I mean, this this team D plus. Yeah, uh, I mean, guys, I think this team has played some good football, but you have to find a way to win. And yeah, Michigan, the refs may have screwed us, and yeah, Michigan State, the special teams blew a play late, but at some point in time, you've got to win games and you can't be dead last in the big 10 and not show better. There's been potential. There's been things that I've liked. I still think if this team keeps their head on their shoulders, a bull isn't out of the question, but at this point in the season, sitting here being three and five D plus Derek, uh, I'll, I'll go see. I'm not quite as hard on them just because they've played an excruciating, painful schedule. Uh, you've played some really, really tough teams and you've played well in those games. 
but I can't go higher than the C just because you've played two really, or at least one really bad team and one mediocre team and couldn't get past them either. Like the, the fact that you lost to Illinois and Minnesota it is, it's embarrassing at this point. And Tyler, I know you talk about Minnesota being, maybe they could be this good team, but they lost to Bowling Green, dude. Don't, don't, don't come at me with that. You lost to Bowling Green. They're not a great team. They're not. They're not an eleven win team like they were in twenty nineteen. No, no, they're, they're they're not. Obviously, they're not an eleven win team. Illinois is a bad loss. Illinois, I, I get joked about my Mount Rushmore of losses. Illinois on that. That's an inexcusable loss. I I just don't think Minnesota's in that category. I think Minnesota is a game. Hell, Justin and I thought we were going to lose that game going into the season. Right now, I think Minnesota is. The the it, it's them in Iowa. It's them in Iowa for the West right now. Like, I just think losing that game on the. I mean, it's on the road. I mean, fuck. I mean, I I just think that if it, if it, Iowa if if Kirk Ferentz loses to PJ Fleck, Ferentz. Iowa fans are gonna have a shit fit and start screaming for for Ferentz's head Ferentz. because Ferentz. Okay. Justin, what do you give the team? I give them a C minus. I mean, come on, we're three and five and one and four. Those losses that we had uh, are bad. I mean, all of that proves is Nebraska and Scott Frost can lose to good teams close and bad teams close. I mean that that's where we are. I, I'm not good at the D plus category because you know we are seeing mild improvement there uh, across the board on the team. You know the defense the, the, is playing the, lights I mean, out. I mean the fact that we can keep it within three points in a top ten team is impressive. Yeah, or and, even seven points. And they've been fun to watch. They've been competitive in these games. It's it's not like we're getting our asses kicked and it's like, well, shoot. I mean, there's been times it's like, oh my god, I, I don't even want to watch this anymore. Let me go check out if I can clean the garage, go mow the lawn or something. It's it's entertaining football. It's been entertaining football, except for the Illinois game and Minnesota game, and that's why they get a C minus. It's just they're they're not consistent. It, they they play up it, to their to a certain level, and then they can play down to the, the opponent's I, level. I, I just, and, and that is the biggest problem. If it's just win the games that you should win, and Illinois and Minnesota are games that you should have won. No, no disagreement. But but what I will say this is with the I'm gonna put Illinois in a different category. Like the the thing is is I a I think you guys are just completely disrespecting Minnesota and how I've become the Minnesota defender on this podcast is just you had them mu- third in your power rankings, Tyler. I think Minnesota's a good team. <laughs> I think Minnesota if they don't lose the Bowling Green, and, and it's funny because you have the team overall with the lowest grade. But 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 here here's. But because it's year four, and it's, yes, this team might actually be Scott Frost's best team. I think there's a lot of evidence to support the fact that this is Scott Frost's best team. But when you look at this, it's year four, and we know what's ahead of us. Like, when we looked at this schedule, we were like, going into the bye week, you better be at least 500 if not having a winning record. Because we know what the back half of this schedule brings. We got fortunate. We got fortunate that Wisconsin sucks this year, and they have the worst quarterback in the Big Ten. So that game all of a sudden becomes winnable. But if Wisconsin was anything close to what they have been, if they had Jack Cohn back, if they had Joe Stave back, we would be fucked. 
because uh-huh. Graham Mertz is worse than Joe Joel Save. So <laughs> I, I mean, like. Uh, I mean, Grant, Grant Merch just has the yips. He'll get over it in the Nebraska game. Don't worry about it. I mean, I just I think that this team, like, there, there, there's been a lot of good things. Again, the refs caused us probably Michigan. We had one play against Michigan State. Oklahoma, we played on the road against a team that I think is going to the playoffs, and we lost by a touchdown. Like, we destroyed a Northwestern team, which is not something – a lot of nice things, but three and five, guys. Three and five. Can I ask you guys? Can I ask you guys one question? This is a question that was uh, posed to me the other uh, the other day. Were, do you think that Oklahoma game was would be as close as it was if Caleb Williams had been starting instead of Spencer Rattler? No, we would we because that because would have been the, the score con- that I would have expected. The, the general consensus is that if Caleb Williams would have been starting, we'd have got destroyed in that game. I agree. I I will say this. I think that he is benefiting right now for being the new guy and not a lot of film on him. And I and I know that he looked really good against TCU, but TCU is not the TCU of old. I will see. How did he look we'll against see. Texas? I mean, I mean, they they brought they brought uh, Rattler in the run two point conversion play because they didn't trust him. I mean, it. I mean, he played. He obviously helped them come back. He was a big part of that. 28-7 deficit. Yeah, I'm, again, let, let's get let's give this guy more than a game and a half. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much a difference that makes. I, I, I'm with Tyler. I, I don't know that he suddenly comes in as a savior. I, I think our defense played really well in that game, and I don't know if he comes in and just suddenly destroys our defense. But I can see where people are coming from on it. All right, let's get to the games of the week. Let's breeze through these. Uh, last week, I went three and three. Tyler, you went three and three. Derek, you went four and two. Uh, I rock. You rock. All right. Uh, so I'm 29 and 13 on the season. Tyler, you're 27 and 15 on the season. And Derek, slightly trailing, 26 and 16. Derek, All right, let's breeze through these Justin. games of the week. We have here. to catch Justin. What's that? Yeah, you're not going to catch me. All right, uh, let's breeze through All these guys. Wisconsin at Purdue. Wisconsin is three-point favorites. Tyler. Game of the weekend for me. Um, I think this is going to be a highly competitive battle, but um, not going through all this because we're breezing through it. Jeff Brom does not play back-to-back great games. I think Wisconsin finds a way to win this game. Derek. I, I'm with Tyler. I, Wisconsin seems to be coming on a little bit stronger. Uh, they – Kind of look like maybe they're fixing some of their problems. I think the second half of the season for Wisconsin is looking a lot better than what it was the first half of the season, and I'm still not buying into Purdue. Yeah, so I have Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I think Purdue played out their ass against Iowa. Uh, number eight, Oklahoma State at at Iowa State, and Iowa State is seven point favorites in this one. Tyler, Oklahoma State has helped me catch up to Justin. I picked Oklahoma State almost every time when Justin picks the opponent, but I am going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go Iowa State this game. Oh shit! I wrote that down wrong. You tricked me. All right, Derek. I I, I think Vegas very rarely gets it wrong. I think this is one that they got wrong. I don't understand why Iowa State's seven point favorites. Oklahoma State's playing good ball, and I I don't even necessarily think this is a good win for them if they win this game. Because I don't think Iowa State's near what we thought they were going to be. 
But I think I think Oklahoma State wins this game. Yeah, I, I talked to my buddy tonight at the football game. He's he's an Oklahoma State guy. That's where he graduated. I'm like, dude, you guys are seven point dogs. Why? And it's like that line is wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> and I said, do you guys have injuries? He goes, no. I'm like, so bet Oklahoma State. He's like, oh yeah. They're going to win. So I, I will tell you right now, if, if we were still doing the best bet segment, my, my best bet would have been Oklahoma it's State. It's Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma State as well. Uh, number 10, Oregon at UCLA. UCLA is minus two. So that's uh, that's kind of interesting, guys, here. Two unranked teams are favored against two top 10 teams here. Tyler. Yeah, this is this is probably my number two game in the weekend. I'm going to go Oregon. I think that they're they're going to be a little bit better than UCLA. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I, I I just think that Oregon has a little bit more talent than Chip Kelly's quad right now. Dirk, I, I'm going to go with Oregon as well. I, I think Chip Kelly and that UCLA squad is still rallying off the one good win against LSU that. Turns out wasn't that great to begin with. Uh, I, I think that was the only reason that people think they were good. And I, I yeah, I think Oregon wins this game. I like UCLA in the upset here. Uh, well, it wouldn't be an upset since they're favored, I guess. Yeah, I don't. How, how does that work? Is it is it the ranking or is it the, <laughs> it the points? <laughs> anyway, I'm taking UCLA in this one. All right, here's another uh, goofy one: Clemson at number twenty three, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is minus three. That doesn't sound right, but Tyler, who do you have? I'm going to go Clemson. Like, I know they've been bad. Their offense has been atrocious, but their defense has actually been pretty good all year. I I think them coming in as the underdog that maybe Dabo rallies the troops and that they pull off the mild upset against Pitts, which who would have thought that a year ago, Clemson upsetting Pittsburgh? Derek. I can't call for the upset here. I, I am not impressed with what Clemson's doing this year. Their offense is atrocious. It's it's getting so bad that they've got they've had like four three or four running backs enter the transfer portal. Uh it's just, it's just things aren't looking up for Clemson at this point. And I and Pitt really honestly is looking really good offensively. Like they're scoring a lot of points. And their defense looks pretty good, which doesn't bode well for Clemson considering they can't score points against bad defenses. Yeah, one of the biggest things for me is uh, I'm taking Pitt in this game, and it's because Clemson, yeah, they have a good defense, but they don't have a very good pass defense. And what Pat Pitt does well is they pass the ball quite well. So I feel I have a feeling that they're just going to light them up and they're going to outscore Clemson. Uh, Maryland at Minnesota. Uh, good Big Ten matchup with uh, Tyler's number three power <laughs> team here. Uh, Minnesota's five-point favorites. Tyler, who do you have? I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, wouldn't it be shocked to see Maryland cover? Would be shocked to see Maryland win. They're, Maryland's coming off a bye. I hit that stat three and one. Teams off the the road. But I think Minnesota is a good team. Um, I, I like Minnesota win this game. Derek? I don't think Minnesota's a good team still. I really don't. What I will say is Maryland has a tendency to fall apart in the second half of the season, and I think that trend continues, and I think Minnesota will come out with a win in this game. Yeah, I went back and forth in this game as well. 
ultimately I just was like, okay, PJ Fleck is going to have his team dialed in. Now that they've had that uh, a new running back, which we really didn't touch on, it wasn't the running back that we thought was going to play last year. It was another running back that torched us for 127 yards. But I got Minnesota here. All right, so Nebraska's not playing this week, so we have to throw in another game. And this is a game that's going to be playing tomorrow night. Uh, uh, number 14, Coastal Carolina, four-and-a-half-point favorites over App State. Uh, Tyler, who do you have? I'm going to go with the upset here. I like App State in this game. Um, Coastal Carolina snuck out a victory against Buffalo earlier in the year. I think Buffalo is a decent team. Obviously, Nebraska beat them. I, I, I like I like App State. I think they're actually kind of this weird underdog team. I, I like them for the upset. Derek. I, we got family in Carolina. I'm going to go Carolina, baby. App State's in Carolina. Well, they don't count. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't co- know. Coastal Carolina seems like the better team. I, I, I don't. I really don't know much about either one of these teams. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, I'm going Coastal Carolina in this one as well. Uh, but at least it's a good Wednesday night game. Uh, all right, guys, great show. We went a little bit long. That tends to happen these days. But uh, let's get out of here. Uh, special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast like us on Facebook look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast hit that subscribe subscribe button and don't forget to rate and view on behalf of Derek and Tyler we want to thank everybody for listening as always Touchdown! Fifth scores another touchdown! Fifth third.